Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. God's desire is that His people would build Him a dwelling place on the earth. This was His intention for the children of Israel even as they were held in bondage under Pharaoh in the book of Exodus. And it's His intention for us today. In Exodus, a struggle ensued between God and Pharaoh whereby He manifested not only judgment upon the Egyptian world, but also the real nature and issue of the life of the world, the life that usurps God's people. If we receive mercy we'll take this warning given to all God's people about the usurping worldly system. And here with us again today to add fellowship and enjoy this program is Francis Paul. Francis, welcome back to the broadcast. Thank you very much. I'm always happy to be here, and especially when we're getting farther and farther into this book of Exodus. Francis, it has been a tremendous journey thus far. We're just kind of getting into the book of Exodus, and we've come to that portion the conflict between God and Pharaoh that I think is a fairly well-known story to most Christians and believers. But Witness Lee has been pointing out, and we're going to see very directly today, that these 10 plagues and these 10 encounters, actually a dozen encounters that took place overall between God and Pharaoh, were not just God's judgment on Pharaoh and on Egypt, but are really intended as an exposure and a kind of education for God's people as well to realize the real situation that Egypt represents. Why do we know that this is a picture to expose and not just a matter of God's judgment on Egypt and Pharaoh? Well, I believe in one way we would know the difference between this as an account that needs some interpretation in the light of God's eternal purpose, what he intends to do. It needs some explanation because we know this is a story. And uh, from my childhood, I heard stories about Egypt and even about these plagues and so on. But I never realized that it was anything more than just a punishment on evil people. This message really exposes what the world is really like because uh, most Christians realize that if they've studied the Bible very much, that Egypt is a type of the world, the world system invented by Satan. And therefore, we could live with that kind of realization doctrinally, but we don't have much realization practically. And I believe what we will see today will bring out a practical application and a realization of the world and the life in the world that is under God's judgment And uh, also we'll see in what way it also is under God's redemption. Francis, there's a well-known book by Watchman Nee called Love Not the World, of course, which the title is a direct quote from the verse in 1 John. And this was really the struggle that God was engaged in, as you said, not just judging Egypt, 
but trying to portray to his people, Israel, the real nature of the world. And if we get a glimpse of it as God sees it correctly and tries to unveil it to us, it really assists us in meeting that demand, doesn't it, that we love not the world. I believe this is actually the only way that we can really get a clear view of what it means to love not the world. We will see the world in its very essence is a distraction from God. And what is brought out in this message, I believe, will be very strong light and maybe a little shocking to many Christians of what the world is. I have to confess, I went through a long period of my Christian life without realizing what the world really is. And this message opened my eyes, and I hope today even this message would open the eyes of many of God's people to realize what the world is and the desperation to be out of the world. Francis, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our message today. To get into the revelation of this book of Exodus, we must have an overall view to look at the fact that God wants his people to build up a dwelling place for him on this earth. But God's enemy usurped God's people. So in this book, firstly, you have, uh, I would say, 14 chapters showing us that there was a struggle between God and Pharaoh who represented Satan. In this struggle, of course, apparently you could see God's judgment, God's punishment upon Egypt, the Egyptian world. This is something uh, on the surface. Actually, it is not only God's punishment or God's judgment. It is God's dealing in order to show people the real nature, the real significance, and the real result of their life in this world which occupies God's people. This is just to show the fallen people the sources of the livelihood should be just like blood. God did this in a fine way to teach the people, even to teach us. Even today, we Christians need this kind of teaching. We need to see the sources and resources of all our life supplies are just blood, frogs, and lice. From the water, I'm from the earth. Francis, this first section is a very good review of the first group of plagues. Witness Lee is coming back to, I think, make this point in a more striking fashion, if that's possible. Of course, the water in Egypt from the Nile all being turned to blood, and then the frogs out of the water invading everything. And then we have the lice coming out of the dust of the earth. So the water and the earth here have both been exposed as a picture of the resources of the human life. What is the message being conveyed to us from this picture? Since we're living in this world and this system has been a part of our very existence, and the supply that we've gotten from the world for our human living has been so uh, taken for granted 
that we have never realized what is really behind the scene. So it's really a revelation. It's an exposure of the true nature of the world system that holds people away from God, that apparently satisfies their needs, but actually the real thing has been shown, what the world really is like. You think you have water, but actually it's blood. You think you're eating fish, but actually they're frogs. I think we have a lot to learn and a lot to see from this message to show us the real picture behind the apparent scene. Many of us Christians, we have seen the world, we think of it in terms of the awful, the sinful, the dirty things. Surely that's included, but it's all these things that seem to be so necessary to us. What's more necessary than water and land and so on? But when we pull the curtain aside and we see what that evil thing is that was invented by Satan to distract people from God, we have the desire then to be separated from the world. And like the Lord Jesus said of his disciples, you are in the world, but not of the world. Now, how we can be in it and not of it is somewhat revealed to us in this to give us a real view and a desperation not to be part of a system that keeps us away from God. These pictures are so graphic, and I think they really gives us an opportunity that we can relate in our own experience. How many times that we are attracted, many times not to the very dark and sinful things, just seemingly innocent worldly entertainments. What looks like water, as you begin to drink it, it's remarkable, the description here, that it turns to blood. That's really our inner sense, isn't it? You have touched something of death. That's right. That is really the thing that we need to see and we have seen open up for us in this message. Well, let's go back again to Witness Lee. This coming section is very special and it does need your attention, so we encourage you listening. Please stay with Witness Lee in this portion. Yes, God created the heavens for the earth and God created the earth for man's existence. So both heaven and the earth are for man's existence. But man got fallen. Man got fallen. According to God's righteousness, God should have come in already to do the whole thing. But God had his intention, you see, to accomplish his eternal purpose through man. So God didn't come in to judge, but God did something still to keep the universe under what, you know, let me tell you, under the redemption of Christ. Let's read chapter 8, verse 23. And I will put a division. The word division here is an interpretation. The translation should be a redemption. King James Version does have such a note there in the margin. I will put a redemption between my people and thy people. This means when these plagues were exercised by God, God took away the redemption. Right after Adam's fall, the whole heaven and earth should be collapsed, judged by God. But God didn't do it. In God's view, under the redemption of his son, God is righteous to keep the whole universe. But when God exercised the ten plagues upon them, in God's view, that was God 
removed the redemption from them. There was no more the covering of the redemption there. So the whole situation of Pharaoh and Egypt and Egyptians were exposed directly to God's righteous dealing. But in Goshen, where the children of Israel were, the redemption was still there. I will put a redemption. The redemption of Christ is still there. I hope that you all can see this. Isn't God righteous? The righteous God, how could the righteous God tolerate with today's sinful world? Day by day, night by night, all the nightclubs, all the casinos are sinning against God. How could the righteous God tolerate these kind of things? But God answers this. I look at the world through the redemption of my son. Oh, the redemption of Christ means a lot. But... Now, it's all together up to God's timing. Now, in Egypt, God's timing came. That God had to put aside the redemption and expose all the follies of Pharaoh and the Egyptians to his righteous judgment. While he was judging, he was still merciful. Could you see? He didn't come in and wipe out the whole Egypt. He didn't. He gradually turned the water into blood and called for the fries and produced so many lies. And then now he called for swarms of flies. This is not just to judge, to punish. This is to expose, to warn, to bother you, hoping that you could have a return. Hoping that you could have a return to God. Francis, this was a marvelous revelation. It does take a little concentration and focus to get it, so I trust that the Lord will be with us as we fellowship about it. God was fully justified to wipe out the entirety of man's existence due to sin, but he chose to look ahead to the redemption of Christ so that he could righteously spare mankind, that he could accomplish his purpose with man. How marvelous is this, Francis? Well, this is too marvelous when you realize that the Bible shows us that created man fell. And this fall uh, became so bad that by the sixth chapter of Genesis, God is wanting to even wipe out the whole human race. But there's something in God's thought and intention and his whole plan that preserved the whole situation. Ahead of the time, he saw the redemption of Christ. In his plan, Christ's redemption was brought in. And this made it possible for uh, God to be righteous, and yet he could save a people for his name and for his habitation. It was really uh, a marvelous thing, and you have to see things from God's point of view in order to realize this, that God was obligated, you might say, by his righteousness to judge sin. Nothing could touch God's glory, God's holiness, and God's righteousness and not be dealt with. Legally speaking, God had every right and every reason to wipe out the human race. But in God's view, the redemption of Christ was there. And what would take place when the Lord Jesus came and was manifested on the earth and uh, expressed God in every way and redeemed 
the whole situation by suffering death for everything. Oh, these are New Testament terms that we see applied in a very graphic way in this message. God had the right, and he had even, I would say, the responsibility to himself to judge sin. And sin had become so prevailing. But he did not come in to judge Egypt and all its evilness and its capturing of his people from being available for God's habitation. He had every right to come in and wipe them out, but he didn't do it, not in that way. But he came in a way to expose, not only to the Egyptians, but also to expose to God's people what this redemption would mean for him to have to judge people, but not to do it so uh, suddenly and absolutely, but step by step to expose what the sinful situation really was. Witness Lee made this point in this message that had he been intent just on judging Egypt, he could have come in in one blow and just obliterated them. But stretching it out over this lengthy period of time and calling Moses back again and again and again, surely there was more here than that. And he was just painting this elaborate portrait, this picture that we're seeing. I want to ask you briefly to comment on verse 13 in chapter 8, where the Lord says that redemption was removed from the people of Egypt. You know, redemption is applied to the whole creation, but God still has to deal in righteousness, and his glory, his his holiness, and his righteousness have been uh, offended. So he is obligated, and he, by that very fact, will have to judge the world. But redemption had made it possible for God not to judge in that kind of way. So now he has to expose the whole situation, and through this, hopefully, to cause people to receive and believe in the redemption. Egypt would not believe. Just plague after plague brought on them, but they still would not believe. But he had a people that needed to learn this lesson also, that this world and this world system, they had been there for 400 years. So that was quite a long time for them to be in that kind of atmosphere and that kind of living, just to see what it really was was not so easy. And to think they could just run out of it and live a different kind of life, it was impossible. They had to see what they were in. They had to have it revealed to them by these plagues. So not only was this a punishment to Egypt, but this was also an exposure of the world and of Egypt and all the sinful things to God's people, making them wanting to leave, ready to leave, because they saw what it really was. Well, that's really the focus of our final portion today, so let's join Witness Lee. Now God still kept going on to get there. There was full of flies. Under the fall, the human life today has fully polluted the air. The real air pollution is not today's chemical things. The real air pollution is man's immorality. You go to this movie theater. What is there? Flies. You go to this nightclubs and look at the situation. What is there? Full of flies. This is the real picture of the fallen man's living. But the world people, like the Egyptians, before God's judgment, they don't have any kind of idea of all this bad 
the thing. So sometimes God exposed their living to them. Then following this, another plague. That is the pestilence. You can realize most of the pestilence come with germs. Also, you can realize so easy to have the germs as long as flies are here. Verse 3 of chapter 9, Behold, the hand of Jehovah is upon the cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, and upon the camels, then upon the oxen, then upon the sheep. You could see two categories. One category of cattle for transportation. Horses, asses, and camels. Then the last two, oxen and sheep. These are dairy cattle producing foodstuff. So all the cattle here are either for transportation or for eating. Now, all these cattle were sick of pestilence, and according to record, most of them died. Even today, in the human race, all the transportations, all the traffics, and all the eatings, all the foodstuffs need to be judged. The real situation of today's world should be judged. Not only so, even God's people, the children of Israel, will not care about the real nature of the Egyptian life. So they need also the exposure. They need also the revelation to see what is the real sinful nature of the Egyptian life. Then after this, the Egyptians were judged and the children of Israel were enlightened. They were clear that they shouldn't any longer remain in Egypt. By this you can see God used the plagues to finish two things. To punish Egyptians to release his people and also to open the eyes of his people to see the real nature of this kind of usurping life. That they would be happy to get out of Egypt to be to the mountain to receive God's revelation concerning his dwelling place. We all need to see such a thing. Well, Francis, we've been looking at this ongoing conflict between the Lord and Pharaoh and how Jehovah used these plagues not just to deal with the stubbornness of Pharaoh, but also to reveal the real situation behind the worldly system to his people, Israel. Israel eventually got clear, and they were finally ready to make their exodus by virtue of all that they'd seen. We really need God's mercy so that we become ready to make our exodus, don't we, Francis? I think this needs to be much more than a story in the Old Testament. This needs to be our revelation. Without this kind of revealing and exposure of the world system, I don't believe Christians would be ready to leave and to come in a position where they could be God's dwelling place. But this today, if we have really heard this message and what's behind it, I think we have a realization that when Watchman Nee quoted that verse and even titled the book that you brought out earlier, Love Not the World, I don't think many Christians realize what the world is. But by this kind of revelation from these plagues that are shown in this passage of Exodus, people can realize what the world really is. 
and would have a desire not to be in it, not to be part of it. That doesn't mean not on the earth, but that means not to be in the world system invented by Satan, which distracts people from God, occupies them, and makes them feel it's necessary for them to have all these things, which they thought were water, land, and proper things, and they turned out to be blood, death, and all the unclean things. If you see this vision, then you say, Lord, do deliver me from this present evil age. You know, mercy means a lot of things. I think our common understanding is if God would extend his mercy to us, that means we would be comforted when we're troubled or sorrowful. But maybe his greatest mercy at times is just to let us see things as he knows them to be. And this was what Israel had the benefit of. This is our need for mercy, that the Lord would show us Egypt as it really is. Francis, thank you for your fellowship. Thank you for letting me be here. It's always our pleasure. Today for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Weil. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia, and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.